All right, so it's a D. I would like to continue from where we actually stopped off last week. And the discussion today will be on the fourth foundational pillar of civilization. Is the God-ordained requirement that children honor their parents to ensure their well-being on the earth. Now, all scriptures will be taken from the King James Version Bible. So I would like persons to please ensure that they have their Bible out and remember that Jesus Christ will be returning soon. So prepare yourselves for his return. And all segments will be done on Mondays. So next week, Monday, I will be live again to continue where I had stopped off from today. So as I start, brethren, the importance of the topic, the fourth foundational pillar of civilization, is the God-ordained requirement that children honor their parents to ensure their well-being on the earth, has been vividly demonstrated by an episode which took place in Noah's household after the flood. So as we referenced prior, after Noah emerged from the ark, he took to farming. Among the crops which he cultivated was a vineyard, as was expected. One day Noah the vine dresser became drunk. In that state of drunkenness, he became uncovered in his tent. His son, Ham, having seen him in that state of intoxicated nakedness, meaning an N euphemistic cohabitative appellation, went and told his two other brothers, who, in an attempt to cover their parents' shame, took a sheet and holding it over their shoulders, walked backwards without ever looking back, and thereby covered their father's nakedness. By the act of Shem and Japhet, the highest degree of respect for their parents was demonstrated, while Ham's behavior was surely an exhibition of gross parental disrespect. Now when Noah emerged from his spell of intoxication and knew what his son Ham had done, he immediately proceeded to curse Ham's son, Canaan, decreeing that he be servant to both Shem and Japheth. Now the following excerpts confirms this fact. And I'll be reading from Genesis chapter 9 verses 25 to 27. And verse 25 states, And he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servants. God shall enlarge Japheth, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servants. Now, when one realizes that Canaan's descendants were the first post-flood inhabitants of Palestine, as we read in Genesis chapter 10, verses 6 to 20, and that Egypt is respectively called the tabernacle and the land of Ham, as we read in Psalm 78, verse 51, and Psalm 105, verse 23. Moreover, when one realizes that, with respect to mineral deposits, Africa is 
without doubt, the richest continent on planet Earth, and that its resources and peoples have indenturedly built Europe and America. Yet Palestine and North Africa, generally speaking, have remained underdeveloped and are in various stages of privation. The effects of Noah's curse upon Ham's descendants cannot be disputed, for it is surely evident indeed by the poor quality of life which Canaan's descendants enjoy today. And should one attempt to challenge my statement prior, doctrinal conclusion that the well-being and longevity of children are intrinsically linked to parental blessings or curses, just consider the following verses carefully. And I'll be reading from Genesis chapter 49 verses 1 to 4, which states, And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together, that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Gather yourselves together, and hear ye sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel your father. Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. Unstable as water, thou shalt not excel, because thou wentest up to thy father's bed, then defilest thou it. He went up to my couch. That's Genesis chapter 49 verses 1 to 4. Now, anyone who has a fair knowledge of Jewish culture will know that Reuben, being Jacob's firstborn, was entitled to a double portion of his father's inheritance. In addition, he would have been the chief of his brethren and executor of his father's estates among other things. However, notwithstanding the privileged status of the firstborn, because Reuben had an affair with one of his father's concubines, his father cursed him and gave his birthright to Joseph's sons, while he gave the position of chief ruler to Judah. This fact can be easily verified by reading the following excerpts, which is taken from 1 Chronicles chapter 5, verses 1 to 2. And it states, Now the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, meaning Jacob, for he was the firstborn, but for as much as he defiled his father's bed, his birthright was given unto the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel, and the genealogy is not to be reckoned after the birthright. For Judah prevailed above his brethren, and of him came the chief ruler. So that's First Chronicles chapter 5, verses 1 to 2. Now, need I say more? Because I don't think it's, it's um, necessary. Because the scripture that I just read from First Chronicles chapter 5, verses 1 to 2, is as clear as it can ever be and confirms the foundational fact that a child's well-being is inextricably linked to the honoring or dishonoring of his or her parents. Now, while there are many other biblical examples that can be cited to support what I just stated, I have chosen to highlight the following. Now, accordingly, 
When Samson was about to start his own family, he discussed same with his parents, who strongly advised him against going with a heathen young woman in whom he had expressed interest. Alternatively, they unsuccessfully tried to persuade him to choose a wife from among the women of his own nationality. As is well known now, he totally despised his parents' advice, which was divinely based and recorded in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 7 verses 2 to 4, and took instead heathen to be his wife, whom he said pleased him well. That initial error on Samson's part led to a rebellious moral slide which culminated in personal disaster for Samson. For in the pursuit of fulfilling his lustful desire, he soon lost his ability to choose discreetly and continuing to despise parental advice, he chose rebelliously and ended up with Delilah who initially caused him to lose his eyes to become an object of ridicule, then to die prematurely. On the other hand, brethren, the impact of parental blessings upon one's offspring is vividly highlighted in the lives of Isaac and Jacob. Now, unlike Samson, when Isaac was about to embark upon the establishment of his own family, his father Abraham played a pivotal role in the process. So the following verses speak loudly and confirmly to the issue under review. So I'll be reading from verses 1 verses 10 right and then i'll move on to verses 11 to verses 27 which is from genesis chapter 24 verses 1 to 27 right and abraham was old and well stricken in age and the lord had blessed abraham in all things and Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites amongst whom I dwell, but thou shalt go unto my country and to my kindred, and take a wife unto my son Isaac. And the servant said unto him, Peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Must I needs bring thy son again unto the land from whence thou comest, camest? Sorry. And Abraham said unto him, Beware thou that thou bring not my son thither again. The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me, and that swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. He shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, 
Then thou shalt be clear from this my oath, only bring not my son thither again. And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master, and swear to him concerning that matter. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master, and departed, for all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, unto the city of Nahor. So the episode surrounding the choice of a wife for Isaac continues. So I'll be reading from verses 11 to verse 27, which starts, And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water and let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee that I may drink and she shall say, drink and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac and thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. And it came to pass before he had done speaking, that behold, Rebekah came out, who was born to Bethuel, son of Melchah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. And the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin, neither had any man known her, and she went down to the well, and filled her pitcher, and came up. And the servant ran to meet her, and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she hasted, and let down her pitcher upon her hand, and gave him drink. And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also, until they have done drinking. And she hasted and emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran again unto the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. And the man wondering at her held his peace to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. And it came to pass as the camels had done drinking that the man took a golden earring of half a shekel weight and two bracelets for her hands of ten shekels weight of gold and said, Whose daughter art thou? Tell me, I pray thee, is there room in thy father's house for us to lodge in? And she said unto him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Melchah, which she bare unto Nahor. She said moreover unto him, We have both straw and provender enough and room to lodge in. And the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who had not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. So that was taken from Genesis chapter 24 verses 1 to 27. So what we saw in these scriptures, um, I have, as it were, 
you know, to document the entire episode from Genesis chapter 24, verses 1 to 27, right? This, these scriptures were actually read in order to highlight the importance of parental involvement in the choice of life partner for their children once they are alive and well and spiritually intelligent enough to make such decisions. So without a doubt, the life of Isaac and Rebecca is surely a model of the ideal family. For although God restrained her from having children for some 20 years after her marriage, Isaac remained faithful and sought the Lord until Esau and Jacob were born some 20 years later. So in addition to Isaac and Rebecca's demonstration of trust in God when they were childless, like Abraham, they instructed their son Jacob to go back to his kindred and choose a wife from his descendants. This Jacob did, and although his life was beset by many challenges, he ended his earthly pilgrimage in peace and luxury and spiritual maturity in Egypt. And we must never forget that he became the father of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel and prophesied more than Isaac and Abraham together. So, I believe that what was discussed today on this issue is surely enough to convince the worst skeptics of its truthfulness. And as I come to an end of this segment today, I feel constrained to highlight the high esteem which God has attached to fathers and the importance of their role in the maintenance of peace and stability on planet Earth. I repeat, I feel constrained to highlight the high esteem which God has attached to fathers and the importance of their role in the maintenance of peace and stability on planet Earth. So, the following excerpt speaks clarifyingly to this issue under review, and that is taken from Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 to 6, which states, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. So that's Malachi chapter 4 verses 5 to 6. So as we saw, brethren, we read brethren in the scriptures. If there is no harmony between children and their fathers, God will be left with no alternative but to smite the earth with a curse. So this fact surely highlights the importance of the upholding of the fourth God-ordained foundational pillar of civilization, which is the honoring of parents by their children, so as to ensure their well-being and longevity on planet Earth. And to you fathers who happen to hear this segment today or in the future, Please consider the information which is cataloged in Malachi chapter 4 verses 5 to 6 and take steps to live in harmony with your children and nurture them in such a way that their hearts will be turned back to you instead of away 
from you. For if the nurturing of your children does not line up with that which is cataloged in Malachi chapter 4 verses 5 to 6, so as to ensure father-children harmony, God's promised curse upon this earth is surely inevitable. So without a doubt, the waywardness and lawlessness which we are witnessing today can be traced to a lack of father-children harmony in the home. So fathers, please be warned. So that's the end of my segment today. I will be live next week, Monday again. Remember that Jesus, please prepare yourselves and have a safe and productive week. Jesus Christ loves you. I love you. Bless.